Dear Cosmo Babies, this week we have a super special guest with us and we are going to be talking about her experience transitioning from cosmetology school into the salon world and what it was like going through an assistant program. I'm your host, Annie MacArthur. I have my co-host here, Russell Mays, and our super special guest, Megan Dawson. Welcome, Megan. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So, Megan, I feel like has a very unique perspective when it comes to going to cosmetology school and then going into an assistant program. Megan, do you want us to, do you want to tell us a little bit about your experience going into beauty school and like what your drive was to do that? Yeah, actually. Um, so kind of started with the pandemic. Um, (laughs) you know, everyone's at home. I, um, had just quit the job that I was at, total dead-end job, just, this is a time for renewal, like, what am I going to do, and I was like, I want to go back to school, um, I did go to a traditional, you know, four-year institution, I have a bachelor's degree in psychology, but it never really got me anywhere, I never had a job that really required it, so here's pandemic, and I'm like, I absolutely love hair, I love doing my own hair, I love doing other people's hair, Um, I started cutting my family's hair, you know, at home, watching YouTube videos and figuring it out. And I'm like, I really, really enjoy doing this. I want to go to school. I, uh, (laughs) I was 32 when I made that decision. Um, so I sought out a school in my hometown. Um, and yeah, I signed up to take a tour. Um, and I absolutely loved it. And then started January 2021 when things were more open. (laughs) Um, So yeah, that's kind of how I decided I'm just going to start this journey. I'm just going to jump right in. So how did you, what made you think that hair was going to be the good career? Did you have like a lot of support at home or was it just basically on your own? And and what was that thought process like of thinking I'm going to go to beauty school after you had already been through a four-year college? So I had 100% support from my husband and I told him and he immediately was like, yeah, I think you should do it, you know? And I started doing all this research. I started looking at, you know, how much can you make? What avenues can you go down? You know, haircutting, hair coloring, all these things. Um, And then actually I kept it a secret from the rest of my family for a while because I was afraid of their reaction of like, what? You have a bachelor's degree. Like, what are you doing? Like, you know, Um, but I mean, moving, you know, to a new city right before I made this decision to go to school, it was kind of like they understood that I was in this headspace of like, I'm transforming my life. I'm making a total 180 (laughs) and I'm going in a new direction. And actually when I finally told them that I had decided to go, I had already signed the contract, like I'm going. Mm. They were all extremely supportive of me and came in all the time to school and let me cut their hair and experiment on them. So I've received nothing but positivity from my family. So it's been great. <laughs> yeah, that, that's really fantastic. That's really fantastic. I wish that more families were supportive of people who did have the dream that they want to go to beauty school and do something else other than the, the corporate traditional paths. That's really awesome that they were supportive of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> So, so after you graduated, you, you get out and then what, what's your thought on finding a salon? 
I mean, you're, mm. are you thinking you're, you're looking for an apprentice program? Are you thinking you're just going to go straight into a quick service type of space? Or, or what was that looking like? Yeah, so in school, they kind of were just like, oh, you either you know, work commission or you are going to rent. Like that seemed to be like the only like options. And it was like, Hmm, I think there's more options out there, but I'm not exactly sure. Um, I kind of have, um, kind of a unique background on how I chose a salon, um, that I'm currently working at. Um, I almost kind of went to school just to work at this salon. (laughs) I was a client there and speaking with my own stylist and asking him, what do you think about this, you know, job? Should I go for it? You know, like, should I go to school? And he was like, yes, 100%. Yes. I think you would fit in here. Go. So from day one, Cosmo school, I knew exactly where I was going to work. They didn't know I was going to work there yet, but I knew I was going to work there. Right. Right. That's great. So yeah, six months into my schooling, um, I just reached out to the owner and I was like, Hey, I absolutely love your salon. I would love to come in and just be a fly on the wall. Can I just, you know, come in and watch? And he actually got back to me within like two hours. And I was like, yes, would love to have you. And I was there that very next Saturday and I went every single Saturday (laughs) up until graduation. Um, And yeah, I got asked to work there. I think, Pretty soon, yeah, like I think it was October of last year, they asked me to start like assisting. So mm-hmm. that's kind of how I transitioned into the salon. <laughs> so I envision that, okay, I graduate beauty school, I'm going to bring my diploma and my already filled out 1099. Here you go. Let's go. Where's which chair is mine? Where am I starting? <laughs> yeah. now, now, when you're there on Saturdays, are you assisting or are you just shadowing or, or what's the, what, what are you doing there on Saturdays? So I, um, I was doing as much as I could. I was holding hair. I was sweeping hair. I was doing the laundry. <laughs> right. I right. would answer the phone if, you know, we couldn't, you know, get to all of the lines that were ringing. I would greet people. I would do absolutely everything I could. Um, and then in exchange, I could ask anybody in the salon any question I had on my mind and everyone was so kind and answered it thoughtfully and like mm-hmm. gave me quality answers and mm-hmm. I took that back to my school and I started doing things that we were doing in the salon and my teachers were like side-eyeing me like mm. <laughs> these now, are advanced get, things <laughs> did you get pushback from the school saying you know we don't do that here let's keep it basic You're yes like, I am anything but basic okay I started doing my highlights differently. Uh, I started oh blow drying differently. And my school definitely was like, yeah, so we don't do that here. <laughs> you know, oh. other students started looking at me, what I was doing. So See, that, that drives me nuts because <laughs> I mean, oh, oh, side row. Okay. It's rant time. It, it's rant time. We're, we're going to, I'm going to take you to church. There is nothing worse than when you have all this, this energy and this vigor to explore and to, and to push your boundaries and to experiment and to do things that are, you know, that you want to be great. And you're practicing for the beauty school itself, where it's supposed to be nurturing this, is suppressing that. 
all because of the instructor's insecurity that they don't know how to do it that way. So they're going to diminish and squash you doing it that way because this is the way we do it at beauty school. And that is the biggest rack of horse shit I've ever seen. And I experienced it myself <laughs> in beauty school. And yeah, that, that's a whole different story that we'll, we'll cover in another podcast. But that drives me insane that how that happens. So, yeah. Okay. Rant over. <laughs> oh. Oh, Lord. I'm going to need a drink here. I mean, I feel pretty lucky because I had the opportunity to work with Megan and like kind of see her journey because Megan and I currently work at the same salon together. And I have talked about Megan in previous podcasts because I, you know, I think Megan has had such, such an amazing positive experience in the industry so far, especially for someone who has gone to school later in life. And this is the second career. And I think it's just so unique because I, like, I also went to school later in life, but my experience wasn't, I don't think as positive as Megan's experience was in cosmetology school. And I also like, I wish that I would have had the courage and determination and drive that Megan had while in school to go and seek out a salon, especially like, this is the one I want, you know? Um, like it, it makes me look back and like, wish that I would have done things differently because uh, like I said, like I get to watch Megan in the salon when I'm there on, on the days that I work there. And it's like watching someone who is in their third or fourth year already in the industry. And Megan is not even a year graduated yet. Like, I think it's been really cool to watch because as someone who has had a ton of drive, you know, I think from an outside perspective, looking in on it, 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 I think that it set you up to Russell, read my mind. (laughs) The word I'm trying to say. It's setting her up for success. You know, Yeah. I think that that another determining factor is the fact that she had a four-year college she mm-hmm. it was in psychology so yeah uh, correct me if i'm wrong but i would imagine you, when you're going to psychology classes and courses there's a lot of time for self-reflection and there's going to be a lot of uh you know self-improvement that's going to be going on and analyzing of yourself and mm-hmm. and how to put your best foot forward and how to present yourself to the world mm-hmm. so when she gets into a, a a social situation a social business like hair hairstyling is that that is only going to give her a leg up. Like for me, I'm naturally a very introverted person. Like I know, I know you think that that's not true, but it is. I, I can spend all weekend not saying a word, but uh, when I go into the salon, it's something that I've had to work on in order to communicate with clients. Cause I could sit there, Hey, what are we doing? Okay, let's do this and not say another word to, okay, there you go. And I'm done. But I've had to learn how to communicate and engage and talk. And I bet that that four-year degree had a lot to do with that and preparing her for being in that social situation where you have to communicate to clients. Am mm-hmm. I am I wrong about that, Miss Megan? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, absolutely wrong. No, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get that all the time. Right. Bro. Okay. All right. <laughs> So well, how it's much... also helped me understand like yeah. social groups and how to interact with people on a more one-on-one basis. And um, it is kind of funny that um, hairstylists are like therapists yeah. and that's yeah. totally the route that I was going. So mm-hmm. I, I have those questions still in the back of my mind, like, 
how does that make you feel? And they just go, you know? <laughs> now, do you have a box of Kleenex on your station in case they start sharing too much? You say, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, girl. No, no, no. If you're going to take the therapy part, haircut price just went up. <laughs> <laughs> like because you had such like a positive experience in cosmetology school um do you think being someone who went back to school later in life do you think that had like a determining factor on your overall experience or do you think that it was the school that you picked oh that's a great question I was very discerning about the school that I picked I knew that there were two major ones in my town um, and I, I picked one over the other, um, more because of the vibe that I got from the people who worked there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Super duper important. Something that I've learned because of my age, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> surrounding yourself yeah. with good, positive people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but also being older, I chose to go to school. I am paying to go to this school. Mm-hmm. I realize uh, talking to everyone, being nice to everyone only opens more doors for myself. These are all things that I've learned because of my age um, and from having, you know, been working since, you know, 18 years old and the customer service aspect of things, how to interact with people. Um, and also just like how I know that I learn too Mm -hmm. um and understanding myself um i think all of those really helped me um through school so if you were to give advice to someone who is maybe 16 17 and they're thinking i want to go to beauty school i know this is the career i want to go what kind of advice would you give them to to kind of get their mind right in order Mm -hmm. to find the school find the salon and then go into school with the correct mindset they may not like this answer, it's okay. but go get a job first. Go work retail, go work somewhere, mm-hmm. learn how to have a supervisor, accept authority, mm-hmm. <laughs> learn customer service skills, um, Yes. <laughs> understand how hard you have to work for your paycheck, <laughs> and then go to school. So I, I think that customer service is what the business really is. I think that sometimes we look at it peripherally like it's an artist. I'm an artist and I'm creating art. And, and while that is true, that but ultimately you are doing it on a customer that's paying you for the service aspect of the, of the experience, not just the technical aspect of how good a haircut I can do. Mm-hmm. I think that's right. lost on a lot of people. And I don't know that beauty school does a very good job a lot of times. I'm sure there are exceptions. You know, uh, a buddy of mine went to the uh, Aveda Institute in Minneapolis. And I think that that is an exception. But a lot of the schools, like the school I went to, focused on how good technically you were is going to be a direct correlation to how much you're getting paid and how successful you are monetarily as a hairdresser. And I think that's not necessarily always the case if rarely the case well yeah they definitely don't teach that in like the first six weeks of school it's all technical and then they're like okay now take clients you know and (laughs) I was like great I love this I've been talking to people for years you know and then I saw the you know 17 18 19 year olds who hadn't talked to people before 
And um, they were so scared, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. they were amazing at what they did, but they were so scared to talk to people. They didn't know how to talk to people. And um, I saw a lot of people who decided to not continue with the program because they couldn't get over that social aspect of it. Mm. It's truly, mm. in my opinion, 50% of it. And yeah, they don't really talk about that much in school. Yeah, yeah. When I when I went to uh, New York just a few months ago, we went to uh, my old boss took me around to this uh, diner in New Jersey, and we went for ice cream. And it was later in the evening, and there was a, a kid there. He was probably 17, 18, and he walks right up to the counter. He's working there and looked me right in the eyes and says, "What can I get you today?" And and I told him what we wanted. And, uh, you know, I'm asking someone that's with us, what do you want? She's like, I don't know. So I told him dealer's choice, whatever. Okay, I got you. And he was attentive. He was on point. He he was communicative. And he got the order right without any hesitation or any fear in his voice. And it reminded me back when I was much younger. And, you know, my grandparents or father or someone, some authority figure, we had gone somewhere and he was saying, that kid's got it. And I remember thinking, how do you know that kid's got it? Well, he didn't do anything. But now I'm thinking that kid in New Jersey at the diner, he's got it. And I think that it is that ability to fearlessly communicate and have a little bit of self-confidence in yourself. And that's important. And I think that your recommendation of going into uh, retail or customer service, I think those are great starting points because yes. there's no responsibility. I have no responsibility of if this transaction goes poorly because it's not based upon who I am as a person or my technical skills as a hairstylist. Whereas if I'm in school and I got to cut this person's hair and I can't talk to somebody, ooh, 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 ooh. Oh, yeah. it's, getting, it's getting nervous in here. It's getting hot. Yeah. Yeah. I, you have to talk to people and cut their hair at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, I can't agree with that statement anymore like that that advice like I a hundred percent think that that is like absolutely what people should be doing and if you're in a position where you have to go to school right after high school or there's like you need to be doing this while in high school and one of those transitional programs or something go get a part-time job because I think that that customer service aspect is so important and so lost on a lot of the younger generation um because I mean, we see it, you know, like we see the younger kids coming into the salon and, and they, they can't communicate the same way. They don't, they don't know. They don't have that customer service in the same aspect. It's a, it's a fear of people kind of, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I think even if you were to not even get a job, just to, to walk around, to walk down the street, if someone looks at you say, hi, how are you? Mm-hmm. Good day, sir. Yeah. Just any sort of communication would be fine. Like I go to someplace, uh, I go to McDonald's. I know I love McDonald's for breakfast. It's, it's my greatest treasure. I go to McDonald's <laughs> and the guy working behind the counter or the girl working behind the counter looks at the computer screen. Can I help you? Uh-huh, uh-huh, okay. And never even looks at me, never even engages with me. It's just like, Oh my gosh, you'll never be able to cut somebody's hair doing that. <laughs> no. Can you imagine someone sitting in your chair and you never look at them in the face and looking at them, looking at them in the eye and going, mmm, 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 mmm. What? 
Yeah. That's hard. That's why I quit hair. I have a a silly side story that goes along with this. So, um, because like, I, I think that in, in our industry specifically, if you're working behind the chair, like you have to be able to control the situation with a client the whole time. You have to be able to be able to communicate that control. And when I was, when I was working in a salon, but I was doing waxing services, I wasn't doing hair at this time. I was primarily waxing the whole time. I had a client who came in. I first time client never met her before we were doing a Brazilian wax. Cause that's what I did. I did Brazilian waxes like all day. And I, I had, this was her first time getting a Brazilian wax first time with me, first time meeting all of that stuff. So everything is going fine and her hair was very dense and I couldn't see spots, parts of her skin as well. And so when I went to go pull a strip, there was a little bit of, um, some, uh, like pulling of the skin happened and basically split her skin open Mm. a little bit. Her skin was very, very thin and I just couldn't see it because it was so covered. And the way that I was able to communicate with that client so clearly by taking control, communicating what had just happened, this is what we're going to do going forward. It, I was able to control the emotions in the chair. And so even though something really bad just happened and she was bleeding, she had split open, like it wasn't great. I, it wasn't as bad as I'm also making it sound like it was mm-hmm. a tiny little in its incident, but I was able to communicate and control the situation. And she left not only tipping me huge, but rebooking with me because I had built that trust with her. And Mm -hmm. I think that if people don't understand that communication aspect, they can get lost very quickly in something. And I think that's where a lot of the negativity turns around in that client hairdresser relationship. Absolutely. When, when you're, when you're dealing with, with a client, the, the success or failure of the interaction with the client comes down to your ability to communicate. Mm-hmm. So if I have someone come in and I don't have the words to be able to communicate exactly the idea or what I'm trying to express, the situation is going to be a failure. So as an apprentice, one of the most invaluable things is being able to stand there with an earshot and listen to an experienced hairstylist communicate with their client especially Mm -hmm. when something has gone wrong they cut it too short Mm -hmm. they cut it too long it's not what they expected they expected bigger hair they wanted this or that whenever anything goes slightly wrong they cut the bangs too short these things are going to happen it's your ability to communicate that can diffuse that situation and as an apprentice and assistant to be privy to that without any emotional investment is priceless and that i think is one of the most valuable aspects of being an assistant or shadowing or an apprentice Mm -hmm. in any successful salon is gaining that knowledge. Absolutely. I'm going to toot Megan's horn really quick too, because I love to do that. But Megan right now is probably getting some, like the most reviews from any of the stylists in the salon. And Megan's only been on the floor for like a handful of months, full-time. And she not only gets the most reviews in general, she gets the most five-star reviews out of everyone. And I don't think a client has ever not left a comment by just like giving her five stars, but I feel like they always leave a comment. And the top thing that I notice in her reviews is her communication during consultation. 
Yeah. Yeah. And like, I just, I, it's like, you know, it all comes together and it all kind of makes sense because it's like, you know, if that's where Megan's mind is, like she knows how important that communication factor is. So my question for you, Megan, is do you feel like during your time that you were shadowing while in school and then in like an assistant program in the salon before you like Mm -hmm. fully were on the floor, do you feel like consultations came a lot easier or you were taught a certain way to do something? Or do you think that with your background um, and experience that you've had from the jobs that you've had in the education you've had prior, um, like does, is one more important than the other? Do you think that you learned a lot in the assistant program or do you think that that prior experience really had more to do with all of that? Um, I definitely give all the credit to my assisting program for my consultation. Um, I think my, my consultations are most similar to my mentor, my salon owner. Um, I got to hear him do the consultation hundreds of times. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he also sat down with me for like an hour or more and broke down exactly why he asks each of these questions and what you can reveal from the person sitting in front of you. Like, um, I also do think that some of my prior experience working with people um, helped me in school with my consultations. So before my assistantship program, um, but in school, you kind of like, oh, you know, little small chit chat, get to know the person, what would you like? Go grab the teacher. Now the teacher is gonna do the in-depth consultation. And then now you're listening to what the teacher is -hmm. saying, but they're just hearing um, how they need to price it really is how I felt. Um, and then I got a very brief, like, okay, this is what you're going to do. Do you got it? Okay, good. And then they would leave. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So there wasn't necessarily quality. It was, okay, this is what the person in front of me wants. And then I had the person ability to be able to talk with the person. I had that at least, Mm -hmm. but it was not until I got into the salon that it was like real world application. These people are absolutely paying now, (laughs) you know? Um, and they they expect a certain quality. I mean, the salon that I work at is one of the best salons in town. Like I knew that I had to be at a certain par. Um, so definitely getting in with the consultation and having that quality time with a person. Um, I learned 100% for my assistantship program. You know, I, I think a lot of times that we think that that these consultations and and the ability to communicate with somebody is just some God-given gift that, oh, well, he just has the gift of gab, but it's very methodical and it's a a very learned pattern that if I can steal words of someone else and use and say the same words, then I can be able to communicate in a similar way. Mm -hmm. I mean, granted, Mm -hmm. they will eventually become my words and then I'll modify the approach, but I think just having the words to say, knowing the script, knowing how short is short, how long is long, whatever these questions are that I need to methodically ask can get you a long way through the program or the process of cutting somebody's hair. And then once you get the process going, learning phrases and and words to be able to communicate with a client. So what's going on with you? How's your life? Instead of asking, you know, uh, you want fries with that? 
you know, I can actually engage with them and I can learn all these words from other stylists that are around me, from other people that I talk to and, and glean those and take them and make them mine. I think it also helps if I can mention that I was a client in the salon first and foremost. Mm -hmm. And I remember the excitement I felt when I booked that appointment online. And the excitement mm -hmm. I built up, like, oh, I get to go see my stylist today. And like, what are we going to talk about? And then, oh, it's going to feel so good to get my hair cut. And so now when I have a client in my chair, I know exactly how they feel mm -hmm. <laughs> or, you know, somewhat mm -hmm. how they feel. <laughs> yeah. You know, I can sympathize with the process it led to them to get to my chair by 2 p.m. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. I I definitely, I remember being told that a lot as a student, go be a, go be a client, go be a client in those salons, like not only go in and shadow, but go be a client there as well, because it does get, give you a completely different experience when you're looking for that, like for a vibe in a place, because you may get one experience if you're going in as a stylist, but you may get a totally different experience as a client. And you also get different experiences based upon the type of salon it is. If you're going for a quick service, it's going to be a completely different experience and different, you know, um, expectation and rules of, of engagement, so to speak, mm -hmm. as is going to a really high-end salon. The rules of engagement and expectation are completely different. When I was in New York uh, and I was working in Soho at this big fancy salon, it was not uncommon for hairdressers to come in from out of state and they would come in and they would book an appointment just like they were a regular client. They'd just walk in and see if they could get a haircut. And I always knew, I always know who the hairstylists are. I always, I always know. So they come in and sit down and I don't say anything. Hey, how are we doing? And we just engage. And then after I shampoo, I set her down. So how long have you been a hairdresser? What? How, how did you know? I'm like, girl, you can't hide that from me. <laughs> So they're, they're just, they're, you just know. And, and I know that she was there to experience the, the consultation, how good the shampoo is, you know, the whole, all five pillars of what builds a great client experience. They're there leaning from that to take back to, to Wichita, Kansas, or take back to, you know, uh, Greenville, Kentucky. So they're, they're experiencing all this to take back. And, and it's all about borrowing words and borrowing experiences and making it your own. Mm -hmm. So you, you picked up on that very, very early from beauty school and then going into your salon. I mean, you picked up, up on that early and it, it really shows in, in how far you've come and how quickly you've come. Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. So what advice, Megan, would you give to somebody else who is thinking about a second career is, you know, well over the age of at least 25, somebody who is wanting to get into the industry or honestly changing careers in general, like what advice would you give to somebody to make it a positive and good experience for them? I mean, I would say just to, you've already, step one, you've already made this decision that you want to go into a totally different career. And then you got to think about how are you going to get to said career? Do you need to go to school? you know, or do you need to get any experience before you get into it? Um, I mean, we live in a world of ton of technology and the internet, mm -hmm. get on YouTube, you know, 
look at other people who are in that field. How are they doing? Follow people on Instagram. Um, ask questions. I would DM people on Instagram, <laughs> total strangers, and ask them advice when I was in school, and they would reply. People are very nice. Yes. <laughs> you know, just mm -hmm. do as much research as possible. Um, and if someone is trying to, you know, get into the beauty industry, definitely tour all of the avenues, all the schools that are available to you. Um, mm -hmm. And my personal advice would be to go to the school that has the most positive people, but also the school that's going to open the most doors for you once you have graduated. How have they helped others get to where they want to be? And you can find all of this information online. Um, you can also just ask in person, you know. I'm going to DM you and ask you to check out a salon before I go apply for it. Say, hey, Megan, check this place out. Would you go there? You say, nah, I'm good, bro. <laughs> do you offer consulting services? Yes, I do. Venmo. <laughs> I actually had sought out graduates of the school that I went to, friend them on Instagram, DM them. What was your school experience like? Mm. you know that's and if brilliant. and most of them got back to me and most of them had very positive things to say that's so brilliant. I was like great I feel good about this decision <laughs> <laughs> now when you were in school you know did you have any hair disasters that happened uh yes <laughs> okay. would you like to share so someone can experience from your experience oh <laughs> uh, yes yeah, so one is standing out really like woo. Um, <laughs> it was actually towards the end of my schooling and I definitely should have known better, but you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. have some grace. We're still in school. It's fine. Um, I was doing a, um, a balayage for a young woman and I did not do like a thorough, like look around her head. I, I didn't look at her head shape. I, I literally mixed up the bleach and came back and was like, okay, <laughs> we're, we're doing this. Um, she was very quiet. Our consultation, you know, wasn't good quality. She wasn't good at communicating. I wasn't good at drawing it out of her yet. Um, I start doing the balayage, realize that I am doing bleach over box dye over bleach, which is already bad enough. Um, and then once I got to about the nape of her neck, I realized that she had lice. Oh, no. And so she's got a head full of foils with bleach that shouldn't even be there. <laughs> and then now I kind of see some lice and I don't know what lice looks like, but <laughs> I, <laughs> I do now. <laughs> Hello. But I was like, I will be right back. And I went and got a teacher and they came over and they looked at it and they were like, yeah, so this is what we're going to do. And they take over the situation immediately. Right. We get all of this bleach off of her head, which is now looking very orangey and spotty. Her hair looks terrible, mm -hmm. <laughs> terrible, terrible. She now knows she has lice. Um, she's crying. Her guardian dropped her off and uh, we had to call and they had to come over and explain the whole situation. To me, the whole time, I'm like, I'm learning stuff. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. First and foremost, right. I should have known about the bleach part. I should have known her hair history. I should have touched her head. You know, I learned yeah. all of those things. I now know what lice looks like. I know now how to talk somebody when they're crying, when they have lice. I know how to talk to their guardian now about what to do if their child has lice, you mm -hmm. know? And then I offered to fix their hair in any way I could if they were willing to come back. Right. I learned so much from that one interaction. <laughs> See, if that had happened to me, I'd have been like, teacher, come on, I got a little problem over here. And as soon as she had said, okay, this is what we're gonna do, I'm saying, I gotta go to the bathroom and peaced out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have been like a cartoon where I was standing. There is now a cloud of dust. <laughs> where did it go? I don't know. <laughs> well, oh, it was Lord. funny. The teacher kept trying to, you know, shield me from the situation. Like, oh, it's okay, Megan. I'm like, no, I'm fine. I want to hear what you're telling this student right now or this, right. this um, client. I want to hear what you're saying. I need right. to learn from this. This is why I'm here. Yeah. You know? Yep. So if you have a client, you know, and she's very, very quiet, how can you draw what they want out? I know it's hard for us to interpret what they're saying in the first place, but if you have someone that's, that's in a shell, it's, it's hard to reach that. So how do you go about reaching? Well, yeah, nowadays, um, um, I actually sit with my client. I don't consult. I don't stand behind them in the mirror or anything like that. That's something that I learned from my mentor was sit, get at eye level with them mm -hmm. and you're going to have a chat and it's going to take as long as it needs to take. Mm -hmm. And I will sit there with someone and give them eye contact and ask them all the questions I need to ask them so that I have an idea. And then once I'm like, okay, I think this is exactly what you want. So we're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. Mm -hmm. Does that sound exactly like what you want? yes or no <laughs> you know right, right sometimes it's a no and it's like okay we need to talk more you know and if it took 15 20 minutes i'm gonna get it out of them yeah. there's never been a situation where i haven't gotten it out of them and i just start and we'll figure it out like nope <laughs> yeah. yeah we we will figure it out yeah i think that's that's the hardest part once you learn the technical aspects of how to do hair the communication is, is the hardest part for some people, especially mm -hmm. if you're artistic and creative. You know, you don't want to be diminishing my vision. You know, I don't want to compromise my vision. I'm going to create, baby. Let's create. But then you got to <laughs> figure out, you know, who I'm working on and have some consideration for that. So that communication was always hard for me. Annie's good at it. So it's she's a natural. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> It's definitely the hard part, for sure. <laughs> Russell, I told you she's a unicorn. Was I wrong? Yeah, no, <laughs> not at all. Not at all. We haven't even gotten into the part yet where I got the experience being the receptionist. And I think uh -oh. that is extremely valuable. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I think I started being the receptionist before I was even licensed, right? So before I can even That's do right. anything. Yeah. Okay. So part of... So my and Megan's journey, thankfully, I have gotten to, you know, be intermingled in Megan's experience coming up into professional beauty. 
um, as she, when she was still shadowing, I went to our owner and I was like, listen, we got to pay her. <laughs> She's here all the time. She needs to get paid. Like this kid is working hard, you know, she deserves mm-hmm. it. So we were able to bring Megan on. And part of that was Megan got to be our receptionist. Cause that's how we were able to pay her <laughs> for a little while. <laughs> um, do you want to like talk about that experience? Kind of like intermingling, having to work on the phones and talk to clients while also having to learn and shadow and be available on the floor? Yeah. Um, I think it was great for my communication. You know, people are coming in the door. They're not there to see me, but I get to be the one to greet them and have that first interaction mm-hmm. without the pressure of being with them for the next hour. <laughs> yeah. You know, so being nice to people, being of service to them. Um, and then of course on the phone, you know, being, um, making appointments for people, um, getting out of them over the phone, what kind of service they want. Um, I think it benefited me going to school and then also being on the phone, being like, okay, it sounds like you want highlights or something like that. You know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) having a little bit of a hair background definitely helps. Um, but I just enjoy all aspects of the business. So I can't imagine my assistant program without being a receptionist, without that customer service, you know, baseline um, and booking appointments, understanding booking systems, um, money handling skills, all of that that's, that's encompassed in the front end staff. Like, yeah. so happy I have that experience. So there's definitely, I feel like a controversial question could definitely be like, do you think that assistant programs in general should have reception duties attached to them? I do because if, you know, five, 10 years down the line, you've decided, oh, I'm going to go be an independent hairstylist now. Can you answer the phone? Can you do a booking over the phone? Can you work with a booking software? Can you, do you have cash, you know, handling skills? Do you have all of that? (laughs) No, because you've been behind (laughs) the chair this whole time. (laughs) You know, I don't like personally not knowing how to do something in my business. You know, what if I was running over with my client and we're past closing time the receptionist can go home because I have the skills to walk my client up to the front and effectively check them out and rebook their appointment. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not relying on somebody else. Like I got this. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I like Mm -hmm. having that. And I think Mm -hmm. that anyone getting into this industry needs that for sure. Yeah. I definitely think it would lean to the younger people coming into the industry getting the opportunity to work on those communication skills by working the front desk, answering the phone. If the salon that they're in has those things available, some salons don't have a reception area at all. They don't do that kind of stuff. It's like fully online booking or, you know, done in the salon in a certain way. Um, But I agree. I think that, I do think that having those reception skills, a part of an apprentice program or, you know, an assistant program or whatever, I think it's important. I think it, I think it allows an extra level of education. Yeah, definitely. 
Yeah, when, I, when I well when I had my salon, um, I would have you know apprentices that I would hire, and they became you know the Johnny of all trades. They did everything. They did uh-huh. the 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 washing, the cleaning, the shampooing. Not like cleaning the toilet or anything like that. I didn't, I didn't have them do that. But you know, just towels and make sure that the hair is up off the floor. They would answer the phones. They would check clients out. It was all part of the process because you know you have to be well rounded. And it's a service business. It's not just let me make some fabulous hair because I'm doing this fabulous hair on somebody that has to want that type of fabulous hair in an environment that they're willing to feel comfortable in. And they have to be treated a certain way with respect. You know, Uh that that doesn't mean that that I kiss everybody's ass when they come in, but it's 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 a dance. And I want to be able to be a good dance partner partner and, and hold up my side of the cotillion. And so I have to be able to do all these things. It's not just how clean a section I can take, yeah. how straight a line I can cut. It's, mm. it's so much more than that. Yeah. yeah. Is there anything else that you would like to, to convey to anyone who may be thinking about the, the beauty business or is, um, you know, in school already looking to graduate? Any words of encouragement? Yeah, I definitely would say to seek out a salon that has an assistant program. Um, it's only going to increase the quality of your work. Um, it's going to increase your customer service skills with people. Um, I think it'll lead to more bookings, um, investing that time in an assistant program, um, will only do you more good, open more doors. Also a salon that I think that offers an assistantship program, they're investing in you that's job security. They want you to succeed. Mm -hmm. They want you to have that education. Um, So it's a reciprocal, but very special relationship. Um, Very different from, oh, I'm going to graduate. Great. I have my license. I'm going to go rent a booth and people will come. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, well, what would you have them avoid? So these are all great things to do, but what would you have them avoid as well? I would avoid maybe opening your own salon right out of school. Okay. Um, I mean, I don't have personal experience doing that, so I, I don't know, but it just seems so ambitious. Like you're just missing, you're missing out on so much. You're missing mm-hmm. out on having a mentor. You're missing out on having coworkers who you can bounce questions off of. Mm-hmm. Um, you're missing out on um, the salon's reputation that you work at and people booking you because of the salon first and then you, and then they learn to love you and mm-hmm. you're missing out on all of that. Um, so I would be afraid for someone who's opening their own place or, um, you know, being independent right off the bat. Um, you're missing the social aspect of it all. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're not big fans of uh, instantly going in and renting or, or opening a salon. I think there needs to be some, some growth, some seasoning that goes along with it. Because, you know, I always looked at it as in my salon, the buck stopped with me. I opened it. It's my name on the lease. I am the buck stopper. So any problems that ever happen always come around to me. So I need to be able to be experienced and eloquent and, art- and articulate and how to deal with these problems and also skilled enough to handle any kind of problem or any kind of hair or any kind of situation that arises that I can handle it. 
If I can't handle these things and I've got gaps and, and blind spots, then that's going to create some problems. I find, to go off on a tangent here, that the beauty industry is, is a great teacher and that whatever you need to learn, it will keep giving you until you learn it. So if you need to learn how to deal with a bitchy client, you're going to get a bitchy client once a week until you learn how to diffuse that situation and how to deal with that bitchy client. If you need to learn how to do thick hair, then all your clients are going to have thick hair. If you need to learn how to do like baby fine hair where it's got lots of body and you can't do it, I guarantee you your next client tomorrow is going to be somebody with baby fine hair that wants it full. That the, the industry is beautiful at that. So the sooner that you're open to learning how to do it and, and finding those situations and finding the people that can teach you how to deal with it, the faster you'll grow. And then you'll be ready to open your own store and put the buck, you know, on your name mm -hmm. and the buck will stop with you. So, that's, that's great, great. advice. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. You know, I'm, I'm very impressed at, at the, the mindset and the, the moxie that you've got to come straight out of school and go into that. And that's very, very inspiring. And I, I hope that the people that have listened to this, you know, can really glean that from you, that it is all about attitude and your ability and your willingness to pay the price that it takes to be really, really talented and really good. It's not something that's just given to you haphazardly. You have to go and earn it. And, and I think that that really shows with you. So congratulations. Thank you very much. Bravo, bravo. <laughs> So <laughs> um, please leave us a review on Spotify and iTunes, and we hope that you have enjoyed this podcast. Uh, click subscribe and keep updated on future ones, and we will see you next time. I am Russell Mays with my host, Annie MacArthur, and our special guest, Miss Megan. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Thank Bye. you. All right. <laughs>